KVV Las Vegas. Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices moreover that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Hosted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we're on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you're local and like to join in on our discussion today, we'd like you to call 702-650-5588. I say again, if you're local and like to join in on our discussion today, we'd love to hear from you. Please call 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the long, uh, Las Vegas area, we have a long distance number for you, and that long distance number toll free would be 800-366-8883. I say again, if you'd like to join in on our discussion today, have a prayer request, a general comment, we'd love to hear from you. 800-366-8883. We are being streamed live over KKVV's website. Hello and God bless. I just waved to you. And that web address is www.kkvv.com. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, I really invite you to go to Save the Lost at All Costs' website. And our address is www.savethelostlv.org. Just click on to Radio Archives and click on to the date that you'd like to listen to. The gospel is always free on our watch. We encourage you to invite someone else to listen and enjoy the gospel as well. That web address, again, is www.savethelostlv.org. If you have a Apple device, then you can go to iTunes, and we are archived free at no charge on iTunes as well. KKVV has a cell phone number that you can dial to listen to the broadcast right now or listen to KKVV anytime that you like. I really encourage you to put it under your phone contacts. And that number would be 563-999-3194. Again, that number is 563-999-3194. It's only good in the United States, but I truly, truly encourage you to save it as a phone contact and send it to someone else and encourage them to save it as a phone contact as well. We need to support Christian Talk Radio. Amen. I have a dear sister in Christ that I would like to say happy and blessed birthday to. And that would be Sister Eagle. Deborah, you know I love you madly. Uh, You and I constantly talk and fellowship with one another. It's just a blessing to have you in the land of the living. You're a wonderful daughter, wonderful mother, grandmother, truly a great woman of God. Uh, the gift of intercessory you have, no doubt. I've been blessed by your ability to pray on behalf 
of myself and my family, you know, my church, uh, my pastor, first lady. Uh, it's been a real blessing to see your prayers go up, the blessings come down, and for them to be answered and manifested in my presence. So I really, really thank you. I encourage you to do the great work that God has you purpose to do. And enjoy your day. And I want to say hello to your wonderful son too. Hey, what's happening? How are you? God bless you and your other wonderful children and grandchildren as well. And I'm still overflowing with all the blessings and love that my mom received yesterday. Yesterday was her birthday as well as Lady Desiree's birthday, which is the first lady. And it's just wonderful to see God bless people with another year of life. I am just so excited to have a front row seat. And I know God is going to do big things in them and through them. And we're going to be blessed. So we are going to get into our topic for today. But I just want to give the love to that that is due. And and also give honor where honor is due. So love you, Mommy. I know you're listening. And love you too, Sister Ego. And Pastor Terry... Your birthday is Monday. I have not forgot. So I love you, Pastor Terry. My family loves you. Our radio listeners love you. Uh, you have been greatly um, blessed. And I truly have been a wonderful recipient of your discipleship. And you have not held back. And I'm a better servant for it. And truly, I'm appreciative of you. And I love you. And as I always say, remember, Jesus and I love you and yours more. So God bless you, Pastor Terry, and I want you to have a blessed, powerful, and productive birthday on Monday. Amen. So we're going to talk about what sin does. That's our topic for today, what sin does. So I have my Greek word for you, and I want to make sure that I get that out. Remember, we have uh, had a wonderful love affair with Greek this year. And I want to be dutiful and give you uh, the Greek word. So the Greek word is skleros, skleros, and it's spelled S-K-L-E-R-O-S. Again, S-K-L-E-R-O-S. It's an adjective, and it means hard, violent, harsh, stern, and it's from Strong's 4642. Again, Strong's 4642. So that's our Greek word for today. So let's get into our topic, what sin does. So there's seven things basically that sin does. And I'm going to give you the all the seven right now. And then we're going to break them down one by one. All right. So the first thing sin does is it destroys innocence. The second thing it does, it just destroys ideas. The third thing is it destroys the will. The fourth thing it does is it produces slavery. Uh, the fifth thing, it produces more sin. The sixth thing, it produces sickness and pain and degeneracy. And seven, it produces death. So those are the seven things that sin do. So let's get back to um, number one. Sin destroys innocence. So let's go to uh, Genesis chapter 3, and we're going to look at verses 7 through 11. Again, Genesis chapter 3, 7 through 11, and we're going to look at 
what God has to say about this. And basically, some of you may say, well, what is sin? And um, I think we need to establish that first. And we need to establish it by the word of God. So how we're going to establish that is we are going to look in the Bible. And we are going to go to 1 John chapter 3. And we are going to look at verse 4. So we're going to 1 John chapter 3 verse 4. And I'm in the New King James Version. And the Word of God says this. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. So, and that's breaking the law of God. So that's what sin is. And there are basically three types of sin. There will be um, sin that's inherited sin. And that would be the sin that we as mankind inherited from Adam and Eve. And because they introduced sin, we all have inherited a sin-like nature. So that would be the first example of the three types of sin. And the second one would be imputed sin. And when we deal with imputed sin, most people are familiar with the fact that it even deals with laws and financial things. So basically taking something that uh, did not belong to you. But also we are blessed with the fact that our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ, imputed our sins onto himself. So he took the penalty for sin, even though he committed no sin. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we benefit from that because we are forgiven of our sins because of what our Lord and Savior did. Again, he committed no sin, but paid with his life for the full payment, the propitiation of sin. So that is an imputed sin in the way that we benefit. We have salvation because of it. We have the gift of repentance, you know, because of it. We have eternal life because of it. So um, we are truly blessed what our Savior did for us. And the third type of sin would be personal sins. And we commit those every day. As human beings. And some of them have gotten to a point. Where that's just who we are. That's how we operate. And we're not trying to do anything about it. Don't care to do anything about it. So we are going to. Uh, look in. Deeper. About. What sin does. So we've talked about. The definition of sin. Scripturally, um, that there are three types of sin. We talked about inherited sin, imputed sin, the blessing that the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, took on for us as far as the imputed sin. And then we have personal sin. So I am excited to uh, discuss this further with you. Number one, sin destroys innocence. So now we can go over to Genesis chapter 3 and we're going to look at verses 7 through 11. And the word of God says this. Again, I'm in the New King James Version. Verse 7. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. Verse 8. 
And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Verse 9, Then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? 10, So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. 11, And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Well, Adam obviously is experiencing guilt and shame. Now I ask you, why would an innocent person feel guilt? And why would an innocent person need to be shamed? So now we see sin. And one of the causes of what it does is that it destroys innocence. Let's look at King David. And let's see what he has to say. So we're going to go over to Psalm verse 40. Excuse me, chapter 40, verse 12. Again, we're going to Psalm 40, verse 12. And this is what the word of God says. And this is King David speaking. Expressing. How bad. And exposed he felt. Because of sin. Verse 12. For innumerable evils. Have surrounded me. My iniquities. Have overtaken me. So that I am not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of my head. Therefore my heart fails me. Wow. He said they are more than the hairs on his head. Now we have been told. That we lose about a hundred strands a day. Imagine his sins were basically uncountable. That's just how many that they were. It destroys innocence. Let's look at what the Apostle Paul says in Titus 1.15. Verse 15 says, To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their mind and conscience are defiled. Look at the word and. In the second part. The first part, he says, To the pure, all things are pure. Then there's a comma. Then it says, but to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their mind and conscience are defiled. Wow. No conviction. A horrible social indictment and destroy 
That means total annihilation. It just gets worse and worse. The second thing sin does is it destroys ideas. So we're going to take the call and then we're going to get into Mark 10 and we're going to look at verses 17 through 24. Again, we're going to take the call and then when we come back, we're going to go to Mark chapter 10 verses 17 through 24. Hello, and God bless. You're on Save the Lost at All Costs. Uh, thank you, sister. Um uh, calling because I, I was going to say that you're the only one that has callers now on KKVV, and it's such a big blessing that I hear from you. Well, thank you, sister Yolanda, and how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing fine, ma'am, and I know you are, too, because the Lord is right beside you at all times. Well, thank you, woman of God. I appreciate that, and I believe the same for you. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to say real quick that uh, when I was living in Texas, uh, there was a border town right next to us across the border. This was the side of the United States, and the border was just a few blocks away. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still there, that city, and that city was... The first Las Vegas, it was in Mexico, but since it was connected to the United States, I mean, just a few blocks across as you go into into Mexico, mm-hmm. that city was Las Vegas. Las Vegas did not exist at that time. I must have been like 15, 14 years old, but I remember that city was Las Vegas, the first Las Vegas, but it was in Mexico. All of Hollywood would go there. Everybody from around the world would go there. And everybody was in, that city was in a lot of sin. My grandmother would say, oh, my God. She said, don't ever go to that place. It's just so much sin there. Please don't ever go. If I ever go and meet the Lord, I, I ask you to please promise never to go in that city. It was the Las Vegas in Mexico. Nothing was over here on this side. Las Vegas was just a desert. It, it, there was not not a soul here. And so when my grandmother said something really bad is going to happen to that to that city in Mexico, something really bad, I, I just pray that you will not be close by when it happens. Mm-hmm. Well, what she said happened to that place. There's nothing there no more. The cartels took it over. They kill everybody there. It's so terrible to go there. The United States do not talk about what's going on in that place. There, there was a lot of Border Patrol kill, a lot of uh, people that went from here just to investigate the Border Patrol murders and everything. And some of them never came back to this side of, of the nation. And then uh, the sin took it over. The sin took over that city in Mexico, which was just a few, I'll say it, a few steps away from the United States. Uh, it's like a ghost town now, but if you enter in there, uh, who knows if you might come back alive. Now, Las Vegas, I'm a woman that drives all over Las Vegas. Daily, I go by daily. I go back and forth, back and forth. I have a lot of things to do. 
And I go back and forth, and people wonder, why are you always out doing things at your age? Well, I am a senior, but I'm not dead yet. I'm I'm still alive. The Lord has me here for a reason. And if I see the same thing going on in Las Vegas, policemen doing a lot of investigating here, and a lot of streets do not have policemen. There's no, no metro over here where I'm parked right now. There's no policemen. People are taking their cars into the homes, drunk drivers, marijuana, and they're selling the marijuana very, very rapidly in this town. A lot of killings, murders, a lot of what happened in that city in Mexico, mm-hmm. a lot of it is going on here, and it's escalating, and a lot of people have their eyes closed or they're sweeping it under the rug, but the sin is escalating here. And I believe the same thing is going to happen here that happened in Mexico, Juarez, Mexico. Thank you, sister, for letting me speak. Well, I, I appreciate that, and I appreciate your history lesson and your warning, and I think what we're talking about is very timely. Bless your heart and bless the Lord for having you on the radio. There's nobody taking calls but you, but, but I am so glad the Lord gave me this time today, even if it's one more hour of life. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here, but I have to say this, and I, I am saying the sin is escalating in this town, and I can see the, the things coming. Amen. It's coming here. It's coming. Thank you, ma'am. All right. Thank you. you. I love you more. God bless you, Sister Yolanda. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Amen. Well, Sister Yolanda's heart was full with a history lesson, and I think we need to get back to our lesson. And if you're aware you don't need to be, then you have a great opportunity to be with the Lord and do as he instructs. Amen. So the second thing we talked about was sin destroys ideas. And we said we were going to go to Mark chapter 10, and we're looking at verses 17 through 24. And the Word of God says this, verse 17. Now as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? 18. So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. 19. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. 20. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. 21. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. 22. But he was sad at this word, and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. 23. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? 24. And the disciples were astonished 
at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? And I should say 25. In verse 25, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. What we see here is that this man had his own ideas on what it took to have eternal life. Now, he was instructed by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as to what he had to do. But sin of greed and covetousness destroyed his ability to hear what the good shepherd was saying. Yes, sin destroys righteous ideas. The third thing, sin destroys the will. And that's the power that we have inside of us to make choices and to carry those choices out. It destroys all that. So, we're going to go back to the Word of God. And we're going to go to Hebrews. And we're going to look at chapter 3. And we're going to look at verses 12 through 14. Again, Hebrews chapter 3. And we're going to look at verses 12 through 14. And the word of God says this. Verse 12. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. 13. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. 14. For we have become partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Hmm. Amen. And let's look at verse 15. It says, while it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Wow. Powerful. This is a warning, men and women of God. That if any of us who have a heart that lends to all kinds of evil, then we are operating as an unbeliever. And we have basically departed from the living God. 
It instructs us to exhort to one another daily why we still have something called today. Wow. And there are some of us who are being hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. We are partakers of Christ. And we have to hold on to that. Because that's what's going to give us our confidence to persevere to the end. A hardening. It's what happens to our heart. When we entertain evil, it destroys our will. See, and being deceitful, withholding things, manipulating things, twisting things, until we become Full on rebellious and operating in that rebellion. And who are we rebelling against? The kingdom of God. The word of God. God himself. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit. That's who we have become enemies of. And that's what happens. Sin is like a drug. It's addictive. It takes no prisoners. And when your heart has become hardened, your attitudes are, your actions are, You're unteachable. You're insensitive. You're blind. Spiritually. And it shows. In what you do in the natural. How is repentance going to help you? When that mindset. Makes it impossible. Basically, your will to do right has gone. The third thing sin produces is slavery. So, Paul always refers to himself as a bondservant of Christ. This is something that he chooses to do. He has a desire to do. But this is not being a bondservant to Christ. No. Let's see what the apostle has to say. We're going to go to Romans. And we're going to start in chapter 7. 
around verse 17. So let's see what the Word of God says. Again, we're in Romans chapter 7, and we're looking at verse 17. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Let's jump down to verse 23. And the word of God says, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. There's a battle going on. Trying to enslave them. Bondage, shackles, separation from Christ in our thoughts, in our actions, in the fruit that we produce. Our labor and knowledge. full of vanity and idolatry. And those are happening and displayed by people who know the truth a lot of times but deny it. And openly operate to catch others and recruit them to be partakers of sin. As you can see, the person is not really doing what they want to do. Sin. Is controlling them. Has captured them. And now they're a slave to it. It's just sad. It's very sad. It causes pause. Let's think about that a moment. Now we're going to go over to 1 Corinthians. And we're going to go to chapter 6. And we are going to look at verse 12. Again, we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And let's look at verse 12. And the word of God says, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. We have the freedom to make choices. 
and to act upon those choices. All choices are not good. And that's what Paul is talking about. Just because we can do it doesn't mean that we should. And Paul doesn't want to do anything that does not bring honor to God. Those same choices that we have today were available back then. Because sin didn't just happen. It's been around since Adam and Eve. The great thing that we have is the Holy Bible. From Genesis to Revelation. And we have a great comforter and helper, the Holy Spirit, to help us in a season called now. Paul says that he was going to stand up. He says, I will not be brought under the power of any. No. He's made a choice. To walk with his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and adhere to his word. choice sin produces slavery naturally sin multiplies so the next thing is sin produces more sin let's look and see What the Apostle James has to say. We are going to go to James chapter 1. And we are going to look at verses 12 through 16. Again, we're in James chapter 1. And we're looking at verses 12 through 16. Verse 12, blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. 13, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. 14, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away 
by his own desires and enticed. 15. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. 16. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. He wanted them to know the steps leading sin and those steps leading to sin, beginning with temptation, people rarely stop at one sin. But it's not God who tempts anyone. Because God cannot be tempted by evil. It is our own desires that we are enticed with. And we act upon those desires. See, if you want God to help you where you are, you first must admit that it is you And not he who is being tempted because nothing can tempt God. It's important that we see ourselves where we are. And to be honest, if we truly want to overcome We cannot be victorious if we are not operating in truth. And the person who we are hurting and deceiving the most is ourselves when we will not operate in truth. We're going to go back to Genesis 37. And there's a story in Genesis 37 that talks about Jacob. And Jacob had a favorite. And that favorite was Joseph. And that favoritism became a respect of persons. Sometimes we favor others more than we should. Well, that favoritism caused great irritation and jealousy amongst Joseph's brothers. To the point it produced hatred. And then hatred produced a conspiracy of the brothers to murder one of their own, which was Joseph. 
the baby, Benjamin, did not want his brothers to be murderers. So they decided to sell Joseph into slavery. And not only did they decide to sell him into slavery, they also decided to deceive their own father, Jacob. Jacob was overwrought with grief at the mere thought that his son had been ripped apart by animals. It caused gray hair to come on to him almost immediately. He was depressed because of what he believed to be his beloved Joseph's death. Can you imagine what that was doing to the brothers? To see their father like that? To hold that type of conspiracy among each other day in and day out? Not knowing whatever happened to Joseph? It has got to be unbearable. Pain. Just pain. And what actions did that do to honor thy mother and thy father for their days to be long? Their mother had died in childbirth. But here, the father, how did that honor him? How did it honor them? They went on to be fathers. Subsequently, it produced them to be overprotective of the baby, Benjamin. So as we can see, sin is producing more sin here. And I'm just lightly covering it. How is repentance going to be available With these type of behaviors. And actions. And justifications. It won't be. It's just sin keep growing. Now sin. Produces sickness. Pain. And degeneracy. I think you guys. Are very familiar with Mark in chapter 2 that talks about the paralytic man. So let's go there. Refresh your memory right quick. We have a few more minutes. We're almost finished. We're doing good on time. So we're going to go to Mark chapter 2. And we're going to look at the first 10 verses. And I think you're going to see something 
that comes out. So, again, I'm in the New King James Version. Mark chapter 2, the first 10 verses, and the Word of God says this. Verse 1, And again he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. 2. Immediately many gathered together, so that there were no longer room to receive him, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. 3. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. 4. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed which the paralytic was lying. 5. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. 6. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoned, reasoning in their hearts. 7. What does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sin but God alone? 8. But immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts. Nine, which is easier for you to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. Ten, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, eleven, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. 12. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out into the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified by God, saying, We've never seen anything like this. <laughs> Amen. Wow. Amazing. Sin can cause sickness. And we can have a lifelong bout with the sickness because of sin. And see, he told him to what? Take up his bed and walk. Now, let's see what happened with John. And we're going to go to... John 5, and we're going to look at verses 8, and we're going to look at verses 13. And verse 8 says, Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. Alright, then we need to go to verse 14. And the word of God says this, Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing could come upon you. Wow. He had been sick because of his sin. And Jesus warned him not to do what he had been doing 
or else it could be a lot worse. Finally, sin produces death. And the thing that we need to be concerned about is that we're all going to experience a physical death. But we don't have to experience the second death. And let's look about that, the second death. We're going to go to the book of Revelation, and we're going to look at chapter 20, and we're going to look at verses 13 through 15. And the word of God says this, The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. 14. The death and the Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. 15. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. We have to decide, men and women of God, what are we going to do? I shared with you several things that sin causes, a result of it. We have an opportunity to turn from that thing, to get back into the Word of God, to get back in right standing with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He can help us. Our desire needs to be more for him and his word than sin and a dying world. You're going to have to decide. Everyone dies, but no one has to die separated from God. We love you and save the lost at all costs. God bless. It is our humble prayer that the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit filled, live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas. Vegas's very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 101.5 FM. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website, www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 
833-5852, North Las Vegas, 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.